So churches like, it would be very easy to say um, the church is a, a, a building. And in other traditions, people might more be likely to think of the church as a, a building that has a particular form or a particular shape, marks landscape. But, but as we know, um, church is the people. Church is me and you and us together. And we're a relationship. So church is like a family church is the, the people. Um, I went to Google and put churches like A just to see what the top five responses um, were going to be from Google. And, yeah, churches, a family was, was in there. Um, one that I think I heard somebody mention, I can't decide where to put this microphone. I'm going to try it resting on my chin and, 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 and go for that. Um, churches like a box of chocolates. I think that was number three on Google's uh, Church is like a box of chocolates. Now, in Forrest Gump, I'm not quite sure what the answer to, you know, life is like a box of chocolates is, you know. You never know what you're going to get. So I guess as a regional minister, when you go around and you visit churches, you know, churches are like a box of chocolates. You just never know what you're going to get. So, uh, you know, and that's a good thing, I think. It's, uh, church should be somewhere that surprises us. You know, we could think of negative answers to churches like A., you know, for some people, perhaps in some places, you might walk in and think church is like a museum. Church is just about keeping things as it was, preserving the memories of the saints who've gone before, not rocking the boat, not doing things differently. There was another one that I think was number five, was church is like a football match. I thought, church is like a football match. How are you going to do that? Apparently, church is like a football match because there are 22 people running around who need a rest and a huge crowd of people who could really do with some exercise. <laughs> so, if you are feeling in need of some exercise, I hear the preparation team needs some people, etc., etc. So, yes, church is a participation sport. Church isn't for spectators. Church is something that we get involved in. So there are lots and lots of things we could say about church. And church is a place where we come to study the Bible. We come to hear about the Bible. We might not otherwise um, get to do that in our day-to-day -day lives because of the way things are. So we have this passage today. Um, I came to church this morning. Said, Pat and Patty said, what's the passage we're doing? I said, well, you told me it was this one. So this is the one we're going to look at. The end of Matthew, the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, four key verses. Now, um, I'm looking towards you, so somebody who's looking this way, do, do you want to, can somebody read that for us? Can we have a, a volunteer? I think a microphone might appear. Here we go. Thank you. Um, then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority and heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So it might not be clear immediately what that's got to do with the question, church is like a... But as we said when we introduced it, churches like A means that there are pictures, there are images, there are kind of key ways we think about church that we have 
in our mind. And we have those about lots of different things because that's the way our brain works. We want shorthand. We want things we can grab hold of rather than concepts that are perhaps more nebulous, harder to pin down. And I think in this passage there are a couple of key images, a key things that perhaps we kind of latch onto. One is about church and one is about God. And as we say, what we think about church and whether we think church is a football match or is a family or is whatever we might think about it, that affects our expectations. If we think church is a museum and come and find that there are people wearing shorts standing at the front that might upset us, or leading worship. Maybe we're delighted and think, oh, this is really informal, this is great, this is the kind of family I want to belong to where people feel that comfortable that they can just be themselves before God. Amazing. In other places, that would be how disrespectful, how, because that's the model, that's what we expect, that's the things that come with the images we hold. And if that's true about church, it's true about God as well. Somebody once said, if you want to know something about a church, go to a room of people and just say, what do you think about God? What's your key image about God? And you'll learn an awful lot about what that person's life, spirituality is like. Do they think of God as a teacher, as a head teacher with a cane, somebody to punish us when things go wrong? Do we think of them as a friend? Do we think of them in this way or that? And so in this passage, there's something perhaps about what church could and should be like and something about what God is like. And we might find those useful and want to explore those. Not that we're going to have much time, not because I haven't got the time, but this passage is incredibly rich. There's incredibly, there's an awful lot we could look at. But I don't want to miss the little bit at the beginning because this, I really like what, one of the bits right at the beginning here, which is nothing to do with images of church directly, but it's right at the beginning. The 11 disciples, because we've lost Judas, unfortunately, at this point, go to Galilee, and Jesus has told them to do so. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. These are people who've spent three years with Jesus. They've known theoretically what's going to happen. Jesus has been with them. They've seen him killed and yet they have seen him resurrected. They've met with him and Thomas in the room perhaps by this point. Not recorded in Matthew but we can imagine that's happened. And yet even them, even those people who've been there, known everything, seen there, spent that time with Jesus, even then, even in the presence of the risen God, they still hesitate. They still doubt. And whatever your week's been like, whatever it's been good or bad, and you think, Lord, I want to hang on to this. I want to be faithful. I want to believe with all my heart. But yet there's this stuff that just holds me down and binds me and gets in the way. It's okay. That's, that's kind of what life is like. It's not necessarily what it's supposed to be like, but that's the human condition. They worshipped him but yet they doubted, even in that moment, even in that hesitation, so that church and life can be a mess, can be a bit chaotic, 
it can be very hard, and that's okay. And it's not just that that actually happened, but it's that Matthew records it. You know, if you wanted to write a book of propaganda, if you wanted to write something to persuade people to do something, you'd leave out all the rubbish bits. You'd leave out all the bits where it's a bit messy or complicated, or how can that be? But Matthew, even 30, 40 years later, when this is getting written down as the eyewitnesses begin to die, he still chooses to say that some doubted. He could easily have left that out. And so when I look at Scripture and I look at the Bible, I like to see these things because it makes it real, it makes it honest, it makes it not something that's just been put together with an agenda, but it's genuine and it's earthy, and that's what life and church are like sometimes. So perhaps in that little phrase, there is something about what church is like as well. But then Jesus came to them and said, all authority has been on uh, all authority on heaven, on heaven, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Um, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I skipped over a bit there, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Traditionally, if we go to a kind of church that likes tradition, this reading is the reading for Trinity Sunday. So we're not quite there yet. This is the reading that comes after Pentecost because we have this Trinitarian formula father son and holy spirit and we haven't got time to go into the whole model of trinity and the various ways we can think about trinity and you know we 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 joked about anthony but you know he would very quickly tell you as soon as you get into this you're almost inevitably going to say something heretical if you try and use one model or picture of you say yes the trinity is like water ice and steam and liquid water, or you say it's like this, or it's like a clover with three leaves, or all of these kind of things. They're all incomplete. They're all only hinting at something like any picture of anything. And we need to remember that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is the classic expression, but yet even that has its limitations. We talk about church as a family, and we might say, well, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's like a family. But in an earthly family, Father comes first, and then the Son is born second, sometimes later. And we're immediately into the difficulty that actually the Son and the Father are co-eternal, begotten, not created. And so there are difficulties in this model. And we might all nod and say that, well, we, uh, we don't want church to be a museum, and that's right and proper. But if we try and change this formulation and say, well, what else could we say about a triune God of three persons, not the same, but yet the same? You know, St. Augustine said, beloved lover and love for the three persons of the Trinity. Martin Luther offered creator, redeemer, and sustainer. 
of whom, through whom, and in whom. And so perhaps for some of us, there's a challenge just to understand is our, the pictures that we use for God, are they restricting us in our life and in our walk? Are we prepared to accept God as mother as well as father? Or does that language disturb us and cause us to think? Go and baptize Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Something to ponder on that what we think of God is that too small, too restrictive, too much like a box of human making that traps our understanding of God. But this is to be used in baptism this is to go into all the world and make disciples and this is the second model perhaps the model of church that there's a mission aspect that church is movement not status it isn't a static thing at one point this week i thought that i might get the pleasure of doing the double act and doing the funny bit at the the beginning but paddy lazarus like decided no i'm going to come back and do it you can't rob me of uh, you can't rob me of my pictionary time so uh, um but what i would have said and paddy kind of just hinted at it is i wanted a noun church is like a a something not an adjective you know church is amazing church is fabulous church is whatever you know not adjectives or adverbs you know a noun but actually, what this going on here is a verb. The church isn't about a thing. It isn't about something that's static. It's about something that's moving. It's about an action. It's not about just believing. It's about disciple-making. And sometimes for us, perhaps, we get into our patterns and rhythms, and it's how we cope with life. We just do things the same old, same way, because it stops us having to think too much about it. But church should be movement. It should be travel. Both us in going out, if there is ever an in in the first place, but also we should always be on a journey. We should always be moving. We should always be developing the faith we have today shouldn't be the same faith we had two years ago 10 years ago 20 years ago dependent on how long we've known jesus that the challenge is that this has to keep changing now not complete change every week because that's kind of just chaos and a circus and everything is kind of madness but there's always something, something perhaps we've never done before that we need to do, somebody we've never talked to before that we need to talk to. Somewhere where we are, that our life takes us during the week, and we've never really thought of being a Christian in that space because we're just in survival mode or we're just in this mode. But actually this says that church isn't even a time or a place. Church is 24-7. Church is... A Monday morning, a Tuesday afternoon, it's all of those places and times. Matthew's closing his Gospels with these words on Jesus' lips. Go into the world and make disciples 
of all nations, and lo, I am with you always. I am with you in all ways and at all times and in all places and in all people. I am with you always. If we've got models and ideas and concepts to wrestle with, to pray through, we've done a whistle-stop tour through this, and I'm sure if you have any questions or comments or want to dive into it deeper, Paddy will be pleased to talk to you afterwards. You'll trampoline them back to me. But there is one more, and in conclusion, there's just one more model or image of church and of God that we want to do this morning. And at the moment it's in the corner, but we're going to bring it forward. Oh, we're going to bring it forward now. Hey, look at this. All unrehearsed and everything. It's uh, amazing. This communion table And we could even pick it apart and say, well, look at the wine, the cup, the juice, the bread. Jesus speaks in these terms. I am the vine. I am the bread, the bread of life. And the words we use, communion, we are together. We are together with God in that kind of vertical dimension. We're together here in the room, in that horizontal dimension. Dimension, and that word is the word that's often, most often used in our Baptist tradition, communion. But if you're doing something similar in another place, you might call it Eucharist. From a word that means thank you or to give thanks. From the same roots and elements of the word for grace in Greek. What God has done for us and our thanks to him for that. And you might use the word mass. A word that comes from the Latin text that would have been used at this part of the liturgy. And it comes from a phrase which means go, it, it being the church, it is sent. It is a missa est. And so the word for mass is this word for sending, the word for mission, the great commission. Go and be sent. So when we take communion, it's a beautiful thing. We can think of adjectives and adverbs about it. It is something, it is physical. One of the important things about community is a physical act. It is a a thing, a noun. It is bread, it is wine, it is a body, it is our bodies. But most importantly of all, it is an act, it is a verb, it's a doing thing. It's not just something we come as part of a ritual to do, but it's part of us being commissioned to go out into the world, to continue our journey in the world, to continue our journey in and through and with Jesus, and to go into the world and to make disciples. Communion is remembering. Communion is encountering. 
It's another picture, an image of church, an image of God. And in communion we receive, we worship, we encounter, and ultimately we are sent out to go and make disciples. Amen.